atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move up. Always thought I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between. The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 70s and 80s, and you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! And now your hosts, Jeremy and Jeff. One half teaspoon for fast, effective relief. It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy. Super glad to have you here today. Jeff is not here today. Jeff is getting ready to spend some time down in South America. So our plan is for the next episode, he will join us from South America. Now, if you remember at the end of the last episode, Jeff kind of threw us for a loop when I asked him, hey, what do you want to review for our next classic album review? And he said, I know this isn't really considered classic rock, but I would love to talk about Blackberry Smoke. And so that's what we're going to do. I think that's really cool. And I'll, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't mean for this to be a spoiler, but I'm really digging the Blackberry Smoke. And so one of the things we said is that as we come across newer bands that are putting out great classic rock style music we want to make sure that that we shine some light on that so looking forward to that next episode when we talk about blackberry smoke so that's coming up we got a great episode today and before i tell you what we're going to do i do want to talk about an email i got which will kind of get me into another point i want to make so eric mason who wrote to our email address Classic guitar rock at mail.com. You can do the same. He writes, I may be late to the party, but have you checked out Dirty Honey? I think they're great. Young, old school rockers. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Eric. And again, you can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com if you have any recommendations or suggestions. We'd love to hear them. But Eric brings up uh, the point I wanted to talk about, and that is Dirty Honey. I replied to Eric and said, funny you should mention Dirty Honey because I've been playing the heck out of them for the last couple weeks. Now, Dirty Honey's first album came out, actually an EP, an EP came out in 2019. So they've been around a couple years, but their latest album, which recently came out, is entitled California Dreamin'. And you will love this album. You'll hear some Aerosmith. You'll hear some, uh, I don't know, some, some, maybe some ACDC, maybe some humble pie in there, but it's great rock and roll. And it sounds like American rock and roll. In fact, they do a really good cover of Aerosmith's last child. You might want to check that out, but I just want to make sure if you haven't heard of them yet, that you give Dirty Honey a listen, their latest album, California Dreamin'. And thank you again to Eric Mason for mentioning them in his email. 
Now, when we come back, we are going to talk about a man that many folks refer to as the voice of classic rock, Glenn Hughes. Very interesting guy, very interesting career, and we're going to talk about him when we come back. Attention, if you live in Spokane, Washington, and have teeth, this message is for you. Ron and Jarvis Family Dentistry knows teeth. Incisors, bicuspids, canines, molars, no tooth is too big or too small. I was delighted and impressed. So impressed, I bought the company. With Ron and Jarvis, you'll have the sweetest grill in the inland northwest. And let's be honest, nobody wants a funky grill. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry. 509-464-2391. That's 509-464-2391. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry. Quality dentistry that doesn't suck. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy. Again, Jeff is preparing for his sabbatical in South America, so he is not here today. We're looking forward to having him back next week. Today, I wanted to talk about the great Glenn Hughes. Now, he's not a household name to to most people. But man, he is, his roots run deep in classic rock. You remember when we talk about the classic rock family tree and how it always comes back to Deep Purple or Black Sabbath? Well, this shows you how much uh, cred Glenn Hughes has. He was in both of those bands. So he, he's one of the few people that were actually in Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. So we'll, we'll talk about his history. It's kind of interesting, kind of a cautionary tale too, but I am a huge fan of Glenn Hughes. And, and if you ever see an interview with him, he's just a very down to earth. He, he talks about the problems he's had and, and I'll, you know, cut right to the chase. His, his biggest problem for decades was drugs. He was an, an, an addict. And he talks about that and the struggle uh, he had. So so from that angle, he's very inspiring in terms of what he was able to come back from. And that's one of the, the things that's very interesting about him. But of course, we're here to talk about the music. So we'll talk a lot about the music as well. But I'm just going to give you a, a list of some of the groups that he's been associated with. He started out in a little band called Finders Keepers, which didn't really do much, but then was in a band called Trapeze in the late 60s, early 70s. And that's where he was discovered by a guy named Richie Blackmore. But first, let's talk about Trapeze for a minute because there's some some interesting things going on there. Trapeze had a, a few different people, but 
the ones of note are really Glenn, obviously. Glenn is a bass player and singer. Mel Galley, who you might recognize from Whitesnake fame, and also a drummer by the name of Dave Holland. Now, that's kind of a whole nother story, but Dave Holland was in Judas Priest really for what I consider their best uh, run of albums. He got in there for British Steel and I think was there. So he was on British Steel, Point of Entry, Screaming for Vengeance, Defenders of the Faith, clear through like Ram It Down, I think. So four or five albums that in my mind are kind of the the pinnacle of, of Judas Priest. Dave Holland was the drummer. Not to get too far off track, but kind of a tragic story with Dave Holland. He was, he's passed away, but he spent time in prison. He was charged with sexual assault of a young man that he apparently was giving drum lessons to. Now, after his death, he died of, I, I think, lung cancer. After coming out, so he, he did time. He got out and was living in Spain and then, and then died a few years ago. But one of the things that has come out since then is there have been a few articles that talk about the fact that Dave Holland was innocent. And of course, Dave always said he was innocent and all throughout the whole thing. He never, he never admitted to, to doing anything wrong and he always claimed he was innocent. Uh, there is since Things have come out that that make it look like maybe that is the case. And again, we're not going to get into that. It's a tragedy either way, right? It's a tragedy if he was guilty. It's a tragedy if he wasn't guilty. But just kind of a sad ending to uh, uh, the career of a, of a great hard rock drummer in Dave Holland. Anyways, I digress. Glenn Hughes played with Dave Holland and Mel Galley in Trapeze. And then where he really splashes onto the scene is around 74 when he becomes part of 73, 74, when he becomes part of what we call Deep Purple Mark III. Now, those of you that aren't Deep Purple heads, Deep Purple is described in different eras, right? Mark I was the very first incarnation of Deep Purple when they sang Hush and, you know, the the old stuff, right? Then Mark II is kind of considered the classic Deep Purple lineup. That's with Blackmore, Ian Pace, Roger Glover, Ian Gillen. And for many folks, that's, that's the classic Deep Purple lineup. Well, Mark III is when Glenn Hughes came in and replaced Roger Glover, and David Coverdale replaced Ian Gillen. And that's the famous Cal Jam 75 lineup where they started the fire <laughs> on stage. We could do a whole episode on that. But that kind of brought in a whole new lineup because now you had David Coverdale singing vocals and Glenn Hughes was kind of a co-lead vocalist and bass player. He, he sang quite a bit. One of my favorite Deep Purple songs, Burn, Features both Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes sings the high harmony and the high parts of that song. But that's the Mark III lineup. And then Mark IV is after Blackmore left and Tommy Bolin came in and they kind of hit the skids at, at that point. 
Glenn Hughes was a, a major part of that deep purple sound uh, there for a couple albums. And in fact, the reason, one of the reasons Richie Blackmore claims that he left, it's interesting. He brought Glenn Hughes and David Coverdale in, but then one of the things that spurred him to leave was he thought they were getting too funky, right? He, they were going in the direction he, he wasn't really wild about. And the rest is kind of history. He left and started Rainbow with Ronnie Dio and, and that sort of thing. But Hughes, you know, had a, had a modicum of, of success in, in Deep Purple. And after the demise of Deep Purple in the 70s, mid to late 70s, Glenn Hughes wasn't really doing much or, or not doing much that, that, uh, we took much notice of, but he, he pops up on a few things here, uh, in the eighties. And one of the interesting albums that I would highly recommend you check out is the Hughes Thrall album. And this is an album that came out in 1982. Uh, Pat Thrall was in the Pat Travers band for a number of years. And these two got together for the Hughes Thrall album. And it was not a success in terms of sales at the time. However, this is an album that is cited by a lot of different artists for, for being a, a great album. And when you listen to it, I mean, it sounds like 1982, guys. I mean, it's got the keyboards. It's got, you know, it's just got that sound of the early 80s. But it's a really good album. The performances are good. The singing's good. The guitar, it's, it's good stuff. It just never got any traction. And again, this is, this is part of, uh, Glenn's honesty coming through. He said that the big reason that we weren't more successful is Pat Thrall and I were both drug addicts and we couldn't tour to support it. They only did like 12 shows or something. And they were both so messed up that, that they couldn't promote it the right way. And, and, and that's really sad because it's a great album. And could have, could have been a very successful album. So we have that album, the Hughes Thrall album. And, and there's a few other interesting things that happened. He had done some work in the early eighties with Gary Moore. Uh, again, Gary Moore, phenomenal guitar player and Glenn Hughes had done some work with him there. Later around 1986, there's this little band called Black Sabbath. Perhaps you've heard of them. And there's an album called Seventh Star. Let's talk about Seventh Star for a minute. Seventh Star was uh, started out as Tony Iommi's solo album. It was going to be a solo album. It's Tony Iommi's deal. And he brought Glenn Hughes in. Uh, Eric Singer. Eric Singer, who's currently the drummer for Kiss. Eric Singer has played with just about everyone, by the way. Great drummer. Uh, Jeff Nichols, who had done a lot of keyboards for Black Sabbath pre previously. And bass player Dave Spitz, who's also played with a number of different people. Well, Tony Iommi puts this solo project together. And then all of a sudden, after pressure from management... Uh, specifically Don Arden, who, by the way, is the father of Sharon Arden, who, by the way, is Sharon Osborne. So <laughs> there's kind of a familiar thread here, thread here between, uh, Don Arden and his daughter Sharon Arden in, in terms of managers really trying to control artists. A lot of pressure from Don Arden. They wanted to call this a Black Sabbath album. 
Now, the weird thing about Seventh Star is you listen to the album. If you're just listening to the album by itself, it's a good album. There's good music, good singing. Now, if you're listening to it as a Black Sabbath album, you'll think, man, this doesn't sound like Sabbath. So you might, you might think it's a miss. But in terms of just the album itself, it's a good album. Glenn Hughes does the vocals, phenomenal vocals on this album. A couple of, of songs that are just very catchy. You got to just force yourself to not think of it as a Black Sabbath album. Just as an album on its own, it's a great album. It just doesn't sound like Black Sabbath. So Glenn Hughes was there and also uh, toured with Black Sabbath only for a short time because guess what? Again, Drug problems reared their ugly head. He couldn't finish the tour. Uh, a guy named Ray Gillen came in to finish the tour. And many of you will recognize Ray Gillen for another great band that came a little later called Badlands that featured, also featured Eric Singer, I think, and Jake E. Lee. And uh, there's a couple really good Badlands albums. So anyways, Ray Gillen came in and replaced uh, Glenn Hughes on that Black Sabbath tour. Another thing that happened around this same time is a project called Phenomena. Now, Phenomena is a very interesting experiment. It's a kind of a concept album or group that was produced by Tom Galley. Now, I mentioned Mel Galley earlier. Remember, Mel Galley was in trapeze with Glenn. Tom Galley is his brother, and he had this project in the mid-'80s called Phenomena that actually, if you look at the list of folks involved with this, pretty impressive. Mel Galley, Glenn Hughes, Neil Murray, who played bass in White Snake, Ted McKenna, who drummed for Michael Shanker and others, Cozy Powell, who drummed for everybody, Don Airy, played with Ozzy, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Ray Gillen. I already mentioned Ray Gillen went on to be in Badlands. Scott Gorham, John Wetton from Asia, Max Bacon. So a lot of a lot of famous names involved with this project. And and the first Phenomena album was in '85. You hear a lot of Glenn Hughes on this album. Again, it sounds like the '80s. It sounds like 1985 in terms of the synth sound, the production, uh, but good stuff. Glenn Hughes played a, a prominent role in a lot of that. They did a couple of albums. Uh, Phenomena, the first one in 85, and then Phenomena 2, Dream Runner. And then after that, it kind of changed hands in terms of who was in charge and who owned distribution and, and all of that. But those first two albums are good albums. And, and Glenn Hughes played a, a big part in both of those albums. After that... Uh, he worked with John Norum. John Norum was a, a guitar player from Europe. Uh, so Glenn was the vocalist for some of his projects. Black Country Communion. Now, this came a little later. This was in the 2000s. But this is a great band. Uh, it features Joe Bonamassa, Jason Bonham, and Derek Sherinian on keyboards, and, of course, Glenn playing bass and singing. There's a great live concert of Black Country Communion, and they're a, they're a really good band. If you're a fan of that kind of blues bass, Led Zeppelin influenced music, you'll love it. And he does a, a great job there. 
But uh, Black Country Communion, Kings of Chaos, another group that he'd been associated with. He was in a band uh, three or four years ago called California Breed, which is kind of a, a an American rock sounding band, you know, kind of a think kind of a Black Crows type groove, really good stuff. And then uh, most recently, he's become the lead singer of the Dead Daisies. Now, the Dead Daisies feature Doug Aldrich on guitar, who's one of my favorites. I love Doug Aldrich. And uh, they're doing some great stuff. So check out the uh, the Dead Daisies. You'll like them a lot. Now, here's the point I was trying to make, and I haven't got to that yet. I'm, I'm just still just kind of <laughs> jump, jumping all over the place. And that is this. In the early 90s, Glenn went through rehab. He, he, he did the hard work to get cleaned up. And ever since... You know, he's, he's stayed pretty busy and has put out some great stuff. And, you know, I would definitely take the time to check out a lot of the work that Glenn Hughes has done with Deep Purple, with Black Sabbath, with Phenomena, with Dead Daisies, with Black Country Communion, a lot of different projects that he's been involved with. And he was born in 1951. So what does that make him? Does that mean he will turn 70? He will turn 70 in August of this year. So he's looking good, sounding good, playing very good for a guy who's 70 years old. And he has one of the most distinct voices. When you hear Glenn Hughes instantly recognizable and you know he's no slouch as a bassist either he plays a mean bass but my invitation to you is go back and check out his body of work he's really good all right guys just kind of a short episode today thank you so much for listening we also have our youtube channel and a facebook page and twitter so check us out in all those places please share this podcast with your friends And as always, send us an email with your suggestions, your feedback, your recommendations, classicguitarrock at mail.com. Next episode, Jeff will be back and we'll be breaking down Blackberry Smoke's album, Like an Arrow. We'll see you next time on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.